Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on August the 29th, 2023. I'm your host, Gaming Psychologist, and with me, as always, the, uh, the paint to my brush. Uh, Caffeine Rage, and also, you. On today's episode, we will be re- uh, going over this month's Replacement Game Club? Yeah, emergency um, Replacement em- Game Club. <laughs> emergency Replacement Game Club. Which is Chicory, a colorful tale. We'll also be revealing to you next month's game club. We're going to talk about a Starfield leaker who was arrested after allegedly stealing copies of the game. Um, And then we've got a community corner uh, post about Epic. Timestamps will be in the show notes following their respective topics. Also known as bathroom break for me. Right. Hello, Rage. Hello. How are you? Yeah, doing all right. Bit tired, bit grumpy. Hmm, yep. I don't feel grumpy. Tired, but not grumpy. Hmm. Yeah, but then again, when am I not grumpy? I have known you plenty of times when you're not grumpy. I have also been around Lies. you plenty of times when you were. But yes, I I do understand. I mostly just feel tired. I'm uh, you know, I, I I've said this to you, and I've mentioned this type of thing on the show before. Like, I'm out of the office for a couple of days this week doing mm-hmm. a, uh, a conference for my continued education stuff for my license. But anytime I take time off of work, especially when it's a short week, as opposed to like an entire week off, I have to cram multiple, you know, I have to cram the days that I'm out into the days that I'm there. So yesterday, today and tomorrow are all extremely full days for me. And then Thursday, Friday, I'm air quotes, not working. I mean, I am. I get, you know, paid to do these things because it's professional development. But, you know, I'm not seeing clients. So I've been a very busy boy. But, yeah. What uh, what have you been up to that you want to, that you feel like discussing, if any? Uh, as if I don't know any of the uh, things not, going on. Yeah, I'm not sure if I want to really discuss it right now until I have more conclusive stuff going on. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, would you uh, like to just dive on into Game Club? Yeah, I think so. So, for those who are uninitiated, Game Club is the time of the month where we purposely play the same game at the same time to, well, have a discussion about it. And this month, as an emergency replacement, because Death Stranding decided to bug out in the middle of the month and we didn't really have a chance to play it as much as we had hoped. Uh, And by that, really any, beyond just uh, poking at it, at least on my part. Our emergency replacement was Chicory, a colorful tale, also on Game Pass. And uh, what's kind of your initial thoughts of this one? This is like a a Zelda-esque game, which I know is not your cup of tea, usually. There are parts of this game that I truly love, and there are parts of this game that I don't care for at all, and it has to do with... perhaps it, it probably lines up along the lines that you might think. The art style is gorgeous. I love all of the themes that have been revealed so far. I like some of the unique stuff that goes along... Well, not some of. I do like the sort of unique gameplay mechanics with the paintbrush, but I don't like that Zelda-esque 
style game. The mm-hmm. the much more limited combat, like extremely limited. Well, this um, one really helps have combat. Well, it's got the boss, boss the boss, the boss battles, which that helps. But yeah, and I would say that this game picks up a lot slower than most Zelda ass games. I mean, I, I, calling it a Zelda game is a bit of a misnomer. It's uh, essentially your adventure RPG. Yeah. With the gimmick for this one being that uh, the world is in bl- uh, black and white like a coloring book. And there's one person who wields a magical paintbrush that basically can fill in the world and color the world. And the previous wilder, uh, well, how how far did you get? Chapter three. Okay, I'm trying to remember what happened in chapter three because, uh, what was the last story event? How about that? Um, in chapter two, wielder's duty, you you start the chapter, you go back, and you actually talk to uh, okay. Chicory. You go to okay, give her the okay. the paintbrush back, and she's like, "No, you keep it." And there's that whole sequence, mm-hmm. and then. Um, you start uh, essentially like doing quests for the the townsfolk, so to okay. speak. All right, so you're right where the story starts to pick up. Yeah, it, I did not ga- get. Oh. Uh, oh, sorry. I was going to say the game is played over ten chapters, and it really feels like there's a lot of like fluff in the beginning and a, a bit of fluff in like the last third. But I do actually really appreciate the story. Gameplay wise, it gets a little bit tedious. Yeah. So uh, the central like idea of the game, uh, well, uh, we're going over into spoiler territory, by the way. Yeah, and I I looked ahead on some of the stuff in the game, like as um, I often do. I just I had a lot of things happen, some of which I've talked about on the show, some of the stuff I've talked about with you over the last couple of weeks, just mm-hmm. going on in my life between the covids and just like a super duper busy weekend. And so I didn't get very much time to play. Yeah, yeah, I would which, have liked to, but I just didn't have a chance. Yeah. Which I, yeah, pretty much I played the game exactly how I intended. Yeah. Uh, put it off for most of the month and then, yeah, basically bench it the last week. Yeah. To be able to get in. I beat the game in about seven hours, but that's also just, you know, pretty much focusing on the main quest. There's some side stuff, but it, Honestly, it's not really necessary. Uh, the main thing of the game is uh, talking about uh, creators dealing with part, partly mental health issues, uh, depression, uh, being in the public eye, and uh, honestly, being your own worst critic. And the game kind of suckers you in to be this you know, really light, cheerful game, and then it's, then you start getting to like, uh, yeah, the brush is bringing out all the depressive, deep thought, uh, uh, deep, uh, deep dark thoughts of the uh, wielder, and uh, shit gets a little real the like last third of the game. Yeah, and even like you know, in chapter two, when you actually meet the titular chicory, which I, I love the way that it names your character is, it asks you what your favorite food is. Yes, <laughs> um, so I was pizza. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were what? I was pizza. Which pizza is my act? I also I, was pizza. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Pizza, not my favorite food. I genuinely love pizza, but like I've really been wanting pizza here lately. 
I was like, mm, hungry for some pizza. I'll be pizza. <laughs> yeah, so you're in like the realm of picnic. And there's yeah. all these food puns. All the characters are named different foods. And what's also hilarious is the foods that they eat are not named foods. So like it's getting a slice whenever you're going to go to the pizza place. Yeah. Or a holio, I believe it was, or a holy or something. For donuts. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, there's chicory, there's blackberry, which was her uh, teacher slash previous wielder. There's lemon, there's uh, hummus as different characters that you run into. And pretty much any food that you can think of uh, pops up at some point, right? Yeah. But yeah, it it gets into some kind of dark places after a while. Where it starts talking about how, you know, uh, the pressure that Chicory is putting on herself. Honestly, a lot of the st- the a lot of the story kind of happens in the last third, where you know you actually get to spend a lot more time with Chicory as she tries to prepare you to take on the corruption and the dark forces that partly she unleashed, but partly didn't, because it also is the brush bringing out the, you know, like that in doubt of the creators uh, that's been going on for ages and they talked about how wars were fought over the brush uh, because it was the one thing that it could bring color to the world yeah so you know, it, it, like I said it gets a little dark I mean early on um, like the first time you meet Chicory if you like paint her room yeah and you do it enough times, she, mm-hmm. like, you know, she's, she yells at you. But mm-hmm. her sort of, that sort of explosion, or that little outburst that she has, like, wipes the color. Yeah. And so it's like, oh, okay, so this might not be Chicory's fault specifically, but, like, if you do that, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, she's, okay, she's contributing. She's part of the reason why this is happening. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, those themes are, are, are present early on in the game. Um, some of the stuff that I looked at. Um, you know, talking about imposter syndrome and, mm-hmm. you know, the pressure that, that people put on themselves, you know, or the pressure that they feel coming from other folks. Um, and that idea of like you being your own harshest critic and your own worst enemy, all themes that I think anyone who has ever done anything creative understands very deeply. And I, I hope pick up on pretty early in the game. You know, chicory is, is, or not chicory, sorry, pizza, or whatever, yeah, you know, you yeah. might choose to name your character. Uh, protagonist. They, yeah, protagonist is uh, a janitor or the janitor? Uh, the janitor at the wielder's tower, who basically is just, like, in the right place at the right time to be able to succeed chicory as the wielder. Yes, but but your portrayed is or your protagonist is portrayed as like a very happy go lucky character who mm-hmm. very much idolizes Chicory, and those early interactions is either ignorant, like genuinely ignorant to the expression of depression, mental pain, anguish, you know, because Chicory, if pressed, will like outright tell you like that that she is depressed and that she is struggling and she is not okay and she wants to be left alone. And your character is just like, huh, okay, cool. And then just like moves on. So either it's I I think it's because, well, well, this is going to sound harsh, but 
the character uh, up until that point uh, actually talks about it later on. How he was a nobody and he didn't understand the pressure until later on when he, uh, he gets the brush and starts having to deal with other people and having to have his work criticized. And I love that they you know kind of expect you to not be very good at art in this. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, and honestly, the art tools are a bit tough to you be able to use that to any real degree. So right, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, he starts to understand Chicory a little bit better by uh, yeah filling her shoes, even though Chicory doesn't wear shoes. But that's beside the point. Yes, but. Okay, so they, they do characterize that then. It's not. Yeah, yeah it's just he didn't it's, it's... understand. He didn't understand it at first. He, uh, uh, protagonist has a character arc as well. It's not just Chicory, uh, you know, being in a dark place and growing a bit more out of it. Uh, pizza protagonist that understands a bit more of what's going on with Chicory and be able and kind of. It emphasizes the proper term for, but you know, understand where she's coming from because he's also feel, uh, feeling it in his own way because he's just starting to realize that uh, he isn't good enough, but he could also tr- uh, try to push through to be uh, good enough, you know? Yeah. Perfect is the enemy of good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. From, uh, you know, we're we're talking about themes and overall stuff from the story which i really appreciate and enjoy but mechanics wise oh boy here we go right (laughs) mechanics wise this is interesting i like the idea i mean first of all okay so you get the the magic paintbrush and the magic paintbrush lets you interact with the world um painting the world does different things other than just adding color to it. For example, there are shrubs or like little trees that when you paint them, they will shrink so that you can walk past them. Um, or, um, you know, if you remove the fling you, yeah. Or ones that will fling you, um, very early on you, you know, your paint gets some, like it's first additional property, which will make, um, light up dark areas. So you go through a cave and you paint the cave and it, it lights up and all these little mushrooms glow and these crystals glow. And so you can see in the dark cave, stuff like that. There are other things that it, that it does. And I'm sure there's yeah. even more mechanics yeah, there's later a, on down the there's line. A few more that you get later on one. It, it allows you to swim in your paint. Uh, think it, uh, think Splatoon esque, uh, with an upgrade to that, with well, the first part of that is being able to go through uh, tighter areas that you normally couldn't. So uh, the first example of that is like going through like a little slit in the wall to uh, go to a different area. Then you get an additional upgrade to that that allows you to climb certain walls by swimming through the, your ink or your paint, ink, paint, whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, only it's sometimes a little tough to tell exactly where that could be because uh, because the world is black and white until you color it in. Uh, they have to do it with different patterns and textures. And after a while, you, know, you start to not really notice you know, uh, uh, the areas that 
you could climb as like a a, a diagonal line instead of like a, you know straight lines or dots or whatever. So it gets kind of me- lost in the mess. And also, uh, it's a little ironic that my biggest gripe with the game is an art problem because it's with perspective. Uh, later on, uh, you get a little bit more platforming issues or platforming challenges as well. And some of them involve going through uh, with moving platforms, either ones that you control with the brush yourself or they're just timing things. And there's just times that because of how the uh, world is drawn, it can be a little tough to figure out where you're supposed to go because you can't really see how things are lined up, which I found very frustrating. Yeah. And also, there's a, a few times that the brush feels like it's tr- uh, controlling too much go- uh, Too much is going on with this single input. So a good example of this is... Uh, well, the last like third of the game is you becoming a true wielder of the brush and going through the trials that you should have before you uh, got the brush. But yeah, because you know, Chicory decided to discard the brush, it's just like, okay, well, uh, you take it. You never completed the trial. So you're doing the trials to bond with the brush, to... Unlock its powers. Yeah, cool, right? Yep, so, very video game protagonist stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Although there is a twist that I don't want to give away at the end. All okay. Right? Um, but one of the uh, trials involves going through an area that has platforms that you control by cu- uh, by painting on different leaves on this on the platform that you stand on, and you're also pushing a bubble that if you paint it, it blows up and explodes. There were quite a few times that I tried to move the platform that I had to push the bubble onto, and it painted the bubble and exploded. Uh, there was a couple times that it was the game would like register a double-click, uh, even though I didn't double-click, yeah. which caused a large area to be painted instead of a small area. And some of the trials involved what they call dot puzzles, where you have to paint in a certain pattern that you like find on the ground or you know, or find you know, in the, the environment or deduce by you know doing a puzzle to you know, like unlock or yeah you know, something like that so you're you're trying to very finely paint this uh, little spot uh and it'll either double click or be like it gets caught in uh, or it's like it's stuck in either painting or erasing mode and just messes up the, and I have to redraw the pattern. And I know it's not my mouse. That's the thing. There's no like weird actions going on with my mouse. Otherwise outside a game, it doesn't do this. It doesn't have like some phantom clicks. I'm, uh, because believe me, that's the first thing I thought of. I went, I double check things with the like windows config and everything. There was no like double clicking going on. I have no idea why it's this particular game that was doing it, but there you go, right? Yeah. Uh, Story-wise, it's a good, like, 8 out of 10, but gameplay-wise, it drops down to, like, a 6. Just because of... Sometimes there was, like, puzzles that made me feel frustrated for not seeing this one little spot that I could paint to climb up to this... uh, 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 
like two uh, screens over. There's like one little spot that you paint to get up somewhere that is partly obscured, and you're supposed to notice the pattern. And like I said, towards the end of the game, where you know you've seen this black and white world for so long that you've been just you know painting in, it sometimes gets lost in the mess. There would be times that you're pushing something and it like gets stuck on your character. There would be times that yeah, things look like they should be lining up for a jump, but they're not because of how the perspective looks. It's just things like that that really mars the game for me. Right. I enjoyed my time with it. I enjoyed the story, but I keep getting uh, caught on these whole th- uh, negative aspects of it, you know? Yeah. I do believe I'm going to finish it unless getting later on some of the mechanical issues you're talking about just, like, complete me from doing it because I get too frustrated. That, like I said earlier, like I find some of the stuff interesting. It's a unique way to interact with a game world in in the terms of like how it does it. But even by like chapter three, it was it was starting to wear off. So I, some of the other mechanics you've described, like you know being able to swim through the paint and um, you know climbing and and some of those other aspects, like maybe you know those sound kind of neat, but. You know the tedium of that would be. I would. I would not like that very much. Mm-hmm. The the first. How many times do you do you fight the 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 boss? Or how many how many bosses are there? Oh, seven, eight. Okay. It's like at the not, end of every trial. Uh, they're they're not exactly the same, but they're they're like the same pattern. Of uh, yeah, I found the bosses also to be tedious. Uh, really thinking about it. Uh, it's pretty much you can't lose unless there's a setting that I just accidentally turned on. And basically, you get knocked down, you will get back up. Uh, and if you get knocked down too many times, they'll ask you if you want to extend the number of hits that you can take before getting knocked down. Yeah. And, but there's not really a traditional like life system, and it doesn't even really have checkpoints. Just you got knocked down and you get back up. You know? Yeah. So it makes it it makes the bosses feel a little anticlimactic, and on top of that, it's the bosses take a while. Some of the late game bosses, uh, the last one, it felt like a good fifteen twenty minutes of a boss fight. Which part yeah. of that is how clunky some of the uh, phases were. Uh, I don't want to go too much into it, but. Uh, did, did you fight? Did you do the mirror fight? Uh, no. Okay, I did not. Uh, I mean, the only the only boss I I had was at the at the end of chapter one. Whenever you, um, you know, fight the uh, <laughs> I kept calling it the smoke monster, but like the black, you know, like from from Lost. Yeah. But the black sort of goo monster that is is darkening the world and stealing the color. Okay, so. Oh. You're not. You're probably not far from it. Uh, you start seeing different wielders. Uh, the first one you see is Chicory, but then you see yourself, and you basically like fight your own self doubt. Uh, but it's a mirror fight, so that you know half the screen is you, half the screen is uh, the boss, and the boss mirrors your movements. So in the final fight, uh, there's a couple faces like that as well. Uh, where you have to quickly maneuver the boss into a particular yep, uh, pattern on the ground to hit him. 
and it's a very short window and stuff like that. If you if it ha- if it spawned in a bad spot, uh, you know, you're just not going to get that hit in, and you know now you're up for another like forty five seconds to a minute of you know dodging while you know the next uh, opportunity to hit them uh, pops up. Right. Like I said, so it, it, it's tedious. Going through the pattern, waiting for your next chance. Yeah. Yeah. But I, you know, I like I was saying, I would like to go back and and finish it, unless mm-hmm. I just get too bogged down in the mechanics. Because like this is the kind of shit that I love storytelling wise. You know, these big overarching themes and this whole like you're your own worst enemy and facing down your own fears and stuff mm-hmm. in a unique mechanical way. I mean, the last tabletop game that I completed a story on was just that. Like it was, you know, facing down you know, fears and traumas. Like, my fears and traumas were, like, what the, you know, the the enemies were and kind of what a lot of the story revolved around and, you know, having people interact with that kind of thing. Like, I love that stuff. Um, So the story really does speak to me. And, you know, and it, it's been very recent, too, that I had done that. So I do, I do want to finish it. I just don't know if I'll be able to get through it mechanically. Like, it reminds me, I don't know if you ever played this game, um from several years ago, but it, I, I found myself comparing it to a game called Max and the Curse of Brotherhood, which was uh, a... Uh, I never played it. It's a side-scrolling platformer, so very different in terms of gameplay, but you get this magic... Um, like, it, it is a magic marker, um, and it, it can talk to you, and it, it has its own powers and abilities, but you're able to interact with and change the world using the magic marker. It it starts with a few basic powers of, like, you can lasso things, and you can draw sort of simple platforms to solve puzzles. Um, but as as the game goes on, like, you get more abilities from... Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. I think I did play this a little bit. Looks familiar. But, like, I, I don't like platformers, but at least for a little while, that unique, interesting mechanic of, like, oh, I'm using this this artistic implement to interact with the game world and do neat things. Um, was appealing. And I, I kept finding myself kind of subconsciously comparing Chicory to Max, even though they're drastically different games. It's like you have this artistic implement that is how you interact with the world. Um, and Looks like it's not, no longer being installed on Steam. Uh, I do have it in my library. Uh, so I, I know I played it a bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I played this game probably, I don't know, 10 years ago. Um on Xbox mm-hmm. back yeah, when I was still doing 2010. Uh, so back when I was still writing game reviews for, for that small website, um, mm-hmm. it was, it was a game I got a review copy for, but, um, anyways, like I just found myself comparing the two of them together just because of like same, similar premise executed in a different, different kind of way. And I mean, I, I really I like how it's, it feels like a bit of a unique story that you don't see yeah yeah the inner conflict uh, focused on that much uh, yeah. of the creator of uh, you know dealing with essentially imposter syndrome so i did really appreciate that and the lack it, of traditional enemies mm-hmm. or combat yeah. allows that aspect to shine yeah and the fact that uh all the bosses are either eyeballs of some sort or yeah, yourself. Or yeah, previous yeah, yeah, incarnate uh, in previous wilders, which 
were judging you, right? Yeah. It uh, yeah, kind of hit, it hits it home. Like, the first boss, I was kind of caught off guard. It's like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, and why then, is this thing a giant it, floating eyeball? And then it's, oh. Oh. It's right? a, a good self, you know, a visually reinforcing theme. But yeah. I liked it, what I played of it. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure if it's one that... If I had bought the game, I would appreciate as much uh, compared to Game Pass because, right? Yeah, G- Game Pass makes it uh, makes shorter games like this, which I know seven hour game. It's not technically that short, but it also feels like it's padded out. You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, in the gaming space, you know, the gaming sphere, seven hours is pretty is a pretty short game. Um, you know, by any metric like even indie games which is what this is you know get longer have gotten longer and longer over the years i think seven hours you know because it can be completed in a one maybe you know a single sitting extended session or a a couple of of shorter play sessions like i appreciate games like that you know i i do you know i love my 200 hour rpgs but you know because of my you know (laughs) Of my my adult ass life, you know, yeah, I have to take vacations of, to play those games. Yeah, but it's also a little bit of a harder sell with uh, twenty bucks, you know. Yeah, compared to Game Pass, right? Yeah, which I know it's still ten, but at the same time, you know, you're typically the... not paying for the access to a single game. Well, until uh, well, Starfield, then we'll see about that, right? Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know if I'd have been happy if I'd have bought it, but that's mm-hmm. a, you know, a value judgment. I think there's a lot of stuff here. I think it's, like, overall, the story is excellent. The gameplay does get repetitive, but at least it's interesting and unique. And um, I do like that uh, the side quests that I stumbled upon, uh, they were all pretty unique as well. There were, there were your t- uh, typical collect-a-thons, you know, Finding lost children that's, for some reason, all in trees. Uh, there's collecting garbage that's uh, strewn along the ground, which is another collect-a-thon that could be used at a few different shops to trade for decorations, which the decorations could be used in other side quests. So, alright. Uh, there's a couple uh, side quests where you design things. Like, design a t-shirt, and then later on you see people wearing it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, designing a couple logos, that sort of thing. One, uh, oh, one thing I really appreciate, it's rare that I enjoy a hint system as much as I do in this game. Uh, calling home to your parents. Yeah. It, it's just, it's cute. You know, talking to your mom and, uh, you tell her about it, everything that's going on. She gives you a very vague hint of what's going on. Then you just see this arm reaching in of your dad's like, let me talk to him. I know what to do. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, she asks, uh, do you want to talk to your father? You know how he loves to give detailed advice. And he usually uh, gives you like the, uh, not exact answers, but yeah, pretty darn close. You know, like one time I was uh, stuck and it's like, okay, now you go up two screens and you're going to see a, a cliff there that you can 
that you could climb up. You use that to go around, and it's like, first yeah. of all, how do you know this? How do you how do you know what a screen is, Dad? Uh, that's it's not just him. There's several characters that refer to directions as screens. Yeah, which it, I mean, it, I'm... It, it's it's fourth wall breaking, but it's also yeah, cute at the same time, you know. Yeah. And it's just good, clear direction. Like, I get it. Like, you could, like, shoehorn it into something else so that you're not saying that. But, like, it's just clear directions for your player. I can appreciate that. Uh, Plus, it's just uh, funny to... It's like, hey, kiddo! So, I do appreciate the hints. uh, And kind of the budding friendship uh, between Chicory and uh, uh, the protagonist, uh, uh, possibly known as Pizza. Yeah. And the kind of the appreciation of each other, you know, which I'm sure that on some deep, dark parts of the uh, web, there's some very cursed fan art for this game because there always is. Google, Google. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, it's nice to see like uh, this type of friendship uh, take center stage over a romantic relationship, you know? Yeah. I mean, I know you didn't get that far in the game to really see them interact more than Chicory uh, in a, a, a dark place, you know. But, well, that 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 makes it sound like she's suicidal. Now that I think about it, no, no, no. Uh, Chicory's not in her room cutting herself. I don't think. So yeah, there's some there's some uh, <laughs> some decent rule thirty four out there of, oh, of Chicory. God. Not a lot. At least, you know, not that I'm finding with a quick Google search, but it's out there. Why does it not surprise me? All good things have Rule 34. Mm-hmm. And most bad things, too. I mean, you were the one that used to post about airplanes fucking other airplanes. Hell yeah. I still look that stuff up from time to time. So, moving on. Um... <laughs> right. Way to, way to ruin uh, that one. We just ruined all of it. I will not well, apologize well, for well, art. We went, well, we went from uh, airplanes fucking to pigs. Indeed. Indeed. So, our next game club uh, for... Shit, what is next month? September is Beat Cop. This is one that's been on my list for quite a while. Same. A retro pixel art style adventure in New York inspired by 80s cop shows. It'll be good. I've heard very good things about this game mm-hmm. um, for several years now. I don't remember exactly when it came out. I know I could just go look, but... Uh, 2017. It's been five years. Yeah. So, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. And they actually have uh, another game that's coming out in, like, this retro... Uh, well, it's not full-on pixel art, but, yeah, 2D style. Uh, that's to be determined right now. So, but good to see the developer doing other things. That looks like it's like a retro futurism uh, uh, adventure game. Yeah, but no, we're we're doing eighties uh, cop shows. And if I recall correctly, this has like a little bit of papers please in it as well, where you, know, you have to be very observant. So it's going to be intriguing. Yep, speaking of which, I need to install that. Might as well install it right now while I'm thinking about Same. it. Uh, and, but Chicory is also one that doesn't get the uh, dishonor of uninstall, or yeah, being happy to uninstall it. Even though, uh, yeah, 
Not sure what else I could do outside of just doing side quests. I'm going to try to finish it. You know, between now and the end of the year, there's plenty of times where I could could sit down and play it. Now, let's see if I actually do. That'll that'll be the real test. Ooh, I like I like the Steam. So it downloaded. And I like the Steam overlays like sounds. Now mm-hmm. it downloads like beep boop. It's like ooh, it makes me tingly. Oh, although it's going to be interesting. Let's just put it this way: the top, t- uh, the top. Uh, well, I shouldn't say the top. The the last like three most recent uh, reviews. Racist game down the oat. Yay, racism upvote of the beat cop. Yeah, I mean, I would, I want, I want the game to be accurate and hard hitting, which means that it has to I mean, have some racism in it. Like you can do when you're telling a story, mm-hmm. like in in real life, never be racist. Being racist is bad, but to tell a story, to try to be real with your audience, like being a cop is being, at least in the United States, maybe cops aren't as racist elsewhere. I don't know. I've heard people who, you know, talk about things from other countries, you know, posts and stuff, where they're really surprised at how bad American cops are. So maybe it's an especially bad American issue. But anyways, like, to be a cop in the United States is to be racist. They are a racist institution. They were founded. Yeah, but I mean, the police was founded in the United States to hunt and, you know, track down and bring back slaves. Like, their foundry is racism. So, if you cut the racism out of your game about an 80s cop, you know, story, I mean, you could do the racism badly. Mm-hmm. If that, like, I think, you, I think you know what I mean. I think the listeners know what I mean. Like, you could do the racism poorly, and then that would make it awful. But, not having it is almost just as bad because it's denying an essential part of the story to affect your players. And like this game, I, I pretty, you know, from everything I've heard is like, you know, cops are not great. You know, the, 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 the image for beat cop is a donut dripping blood. It's like cops are not great. So anyways, I, I would, I think it not being racist in some way would be doing a disservice to the story. It's trying to tell. Mm hmm. But anyways. It's going to be intriguing, huh? Yeah. Especially with our views on cops. Especially 80s cops in the in New York, which... Wasn't that, like, the height of, like, uh, stop and frisk for black people? Yeah. 70s and 80s era was, I believe, some of the worst times. Um, you know, it, At least in New York. Right I mean, after civil rights and then the Black Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um you know, certainly race violence or racism fueled violence. I mean, has always existed, continues to exist today, but there was a time when it was worse in, or or maybe more open up until recently, you know, going back to our, uh, Franken content conversation about, you know, the American right and Trumpism and what that brings out in people. You know, up until recently, it it seems to, by the numbers, have gone down. Not to deny that it doesn't still exist, mm. you know, but... Oh, trust me, I go by a uh, couple houses uh, going out of town that still flies several of the flags. So. Goody. Um, <clears throat> anyways, so, moving on from that, 
Um, <laughs> let's let's go talk about uh, cops are involved in this story. Somebody gets arrested. Um, Starfield leaker arrested after allegedly stealing copies of the game. Now that was yeah. a little bit of editorializing that you did from the original well, 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 article I title. I just took uh, the second article title. I didn't really editorialize because the first one that was making the rounds basically was making it sound like because it was Starfield, he could get 12 years. Uh, but it gets a little bit deeper than that. Okay. So guy in Tennessee, it somehow has gotten his bits on a lot of copies of video games, uh, including quite a few of Starfield. And he started tweeting out at Todd Howard about reviewing the game and selling copies of the game uh, weeks before it was to be released. So, obviously, you have some shenanigans going on. Well, because he tweeted out and you know, uh, and put out so much evidence, it wasn't exactly hard to get a search warrant for him, right? Yeah. And they found tons of copies of Starfield, tons of copies of other games that he's been selling, a few handguns, including one that's stolen, and marijuana in a state that does not have legal marijuana. Nope. No legal weed here. Not even for medical purposes. So, supposedly, he is uh, going up on a Class D felony, which uh, has a possibility of up to 12 years in prison. I mean, mind you, 12 years in prison is shitty lawyer and a judge that wants to throw the book at you, right? Which he's black, so, you know. And in the South. And in the South. So, it it might happen. And he'll have a drug charge on him as well, because, right? Yep. Along with a uh, you know, firearm uh, issue. So, yeah. I mean, it's uh, he was selling these on a uh, digital website or a digital marketplace that I'm not familiar with. Uh, that's actually supposedly a lot more popular in Japan. Uh, uh-huh. uh, there's a uh, screenshot of uh, him having a ten pack of one game, uh, marking uh, uh, individual copies of Starfield at two hundred fifty dollars a pop. Uh, with several of them sold. He was found with one in a package ready to go out. So, right? Yeah. Mercari. I was I was looking in the article for that. I mean, I've I've heard of Mercari before, but I, I've never used it. I've never really seen it. Um, I've seen it pop up on a couple of TechTuber channels that I watch whenever they've bought mm-hmm. stuff and imported it from Japan. Yeah. I mean, um, it's essentially... Uh, like a cross between eBay and just a, a, a consignment shop from the looks of it. Yeah. It looked like a bad place to poke around uh, for various things. Uh, yeah. I, I, sh- I shouldn't say illegal copies of Starfield because no, I definitely wouldn't do that. Mostly because I have uh, Game Pass and I could wait a week. Yeah. I, um, you know, as much as I want Starfield to be good, I've talked about this before, my hopes for it genuinely are not that high. Mm-hmm. Bethesda has has fallen a lot over the years. I mean, honestly, Bethesda isn't even the same company that they were back in the day. Which, 
honestly, looking back and looking at some of the games, it, yeah, a lot of, uh, yeah, back in the day, uh, Bethesda was good. I think it's a lot of roasted in glasses, you know? Yeah. Pros and cons, differences in the way they made games then versus now, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, Bethesda is, is still, I think, more or less the same company they've always been. And it's that whole thing, like we talked about with Linus last time, like as a company's scope grows, you know, sometimes people don't make the best decisions because mm-hmm. um, they get too emotionally invested or learn the long, wrong lessons or both. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I don't know how much more I have to say. I mean, this whole situation sucks. Like, I'm a big fan. Like I've said it before, like steal everything that isn't nailed down. Yeah, but if it also is nailed don't record down, it. Yeah, but but also like you have to be smart as smart as you can be about it. Don't advertise your crimes. Yeah, you don't know? don't tweet at the CEO about uh, of the company you're stealing uh, your the product from. Uh, talking about how you're reviewing his game, uh, you know, weeks before the embargo comes out, posting, uh, what was it, like 30, 40 minutes of gameplay before anybody has? Yeah. I mean, there's... Uh, he, he's not a, exactly a criminal mastermind. Let's put it that way. No. I, I fully expect him to have to take a plea deal, uh, which is going to be on the better part of uh, that 12 years, because like I said, dr- uh, drug crime. That's... Uh, yeah. I, I, they'll, I, they'll throw the book I, at him on that one. I, I didn't see how much weed he had. It doesn't take a lot to get a, uh, a felony offense in Tennessee. Yeah, I'm just... Let's... Ooh. Uh, half an ounce is a misdemeanor. <laughs> What is that is, what he had? Was half an ounce? Uh, no, no, no. I was looking what the oh, what the uh, limits were in uh, Tennessee. So I'm trying to find where the uh, felony is because yeah, you know, if it, he's on uh, uh, excretions, uh, posting, uh, smoking a joint, talking to Todd Howard, yeah, you know, he probably has more than half an ounce, right? Yeah. Uh. Okay, under present law, it's generally a Class E felony offense for a person to not only manufacture, deliver, sell, or possess with the intent to manufacture, deliver, or sell marijuana uh, an amount or not less than one half ounce and nor more than 10 pounds of marijuana. That's a hell of a range. A range. So basically, if you have more than half an ounce and they decide to charge you with intent to distribute... Yeah, which, since he was already distributing other things... Stolen goods, they'll definitely say he was going to distribute marijuana as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, the... Yeah, I- I'm just wondering how much they're th- throwing at him. And also, they have drug paraphernalia at- on here as well, which... Oh boy, right? Yeah. Well, a lot of that stuff, though, his sentences will run concurrently. Mm-hmm. So the the highest offense would be the only one that he would truly suffer penalties for, which would be either the drug possession or uh, theft of stolen goods mm-hmm. that's in the felony range. Yeah, which uh, this is just what they disclosed so far. So it makes you wonder if uh, uh, you know, there's more to be disclosed, right? Yeah. 
I mean, two to twelve years. Uh, that's the range or the general range. Um, and also, I wonder if we're also going to see some sort of civil charges put against them by the company. Yeah, because right, they could. I mean, wouldn't be the first time. I mean, it's not, it's not like uh, Todd Howard's a petty little bitch or anything, right? Yeah. Allegedly. Um, no, Todd Howard, you're a petty little bitch. Fight me. Come get me. Me exclusively. Leave leave my partner alone. Come get me. Bitch. Lying bitch. <laughs> you lie about shit. You sell your game based on lies. You're not very good at your job. Don't you alienate your... That's golden uh, parachute. You you alienate your player base and rely on modders to fix a game that you should direct your team to fix. You suck. Fix? Uh, it's more like make. So, moving on from the petty little bitch, unless there's something else to talk about? I don't think so. I mean, you know, I wish this guy the best of luck. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anything about him. I mean, like I said, I, I, uh, he's, not, he exactly, was... not exactly a criminal mastermind repeatedly recording his crimes, right? I think he was out there doing the Lord's work, and he just is, you know, a little too, uh, a little too braggadocious about it, my guy. Just like, well, just well, chill well, out. He, well, since he's in the South, I get to use this phrase. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. <laughs> I mean, I, I use that phrase all the time. Whether you're in the South or not, I'm from the South. So I get to say it. Anyways, um, yeah. So, our other news article of the night comes from uh, the Community Corner this week. Let me get back over here. Mm-hmm. Epic's new program lets developers keep their revenue in exchange for exclusivity. Um, so, Epic Games, since they first put their, um, you know, their their games, their PC game store up, um, they have been trying to have as much exclusivity as possible. Because that's about the only way that they can compete with Steam. Um, I mean, there's there are other competitors, GOG, um, some kind of third-party sellers, although most of them, if you buy something, it, it just gives you a Steam key anyways. Um, and the larger game publishers have gotten into their own uh, eShop kind of things, you know, EA, uh, Ubisoft, etc. Et um, they've all built their own things over the years, but you know, Epic has, has relied on exclusivity. Um, there are many stories from 2018, 2019, where that games, um, you know, would be advertised as being on all of these platforms. And then suddenly in their next advertisement, you know, for PC, it would say Epic, you know, Epic exclusive, or it would just have the Epic store logo. And which was a good way to make me lose all interest. Yeah. A lot of people got real mad about a lot of games. I mean, the thing is, you know, lots of people just don't follow through or there's the people that do don't have enough of an impact to to change these business decisions. But um the one that sticks out in my mind the most was Mech Warrior 5, which um became an epic exclusive for I think it was its first year or its first two years, something like that. But I mean, Epic was paying these developers to do that. Um, a couple years ago, I believe. I, I don't have my time frame completely like solid on this one. I'm just kind of going based off memory. But they announced that in order to try to promote people to be on their store, they would take a much smaller revenue share 
on on games that were sold on their store and it was um epic would take 12 percent as opposed to steam takes i think it's like a third um it's either 25 or, or 30 percent something um and then you know app stores for mobile games you know they do that apple does that google does that they take more so epic was saying like hey you know if you put stuff on our store uh you're gonna get to keep more of your money from every sale that you make and so using that to try to incentivize people. Well, as part of their um, new revenue stream thing, um, if you volunteer to be an Epic exclusive for at least six months, you get 100% of your revenue during that initial six months. Um, you can still sell your game on your own website, and then if your game is multi-platform, um, it can be sold in physical retail locations and the, uh, you know, Xbox or, or Sony or Nintendo can still sell your game on their stores. But, I mean, basically it's promise you won't sell your game on Steam for six months and we'll let you keep 100% of everything that you sell on our store. Which is in some ways a step down from trying to buy exclusives Mm -hmm. but in other ways like them opening this program up i i think is them trying to cast a wider net epic the epic store has gone through an evolution essentially uh a joke um a a broken non-functional joke to an actual e-shop with all of the stuff that that it should have had at launch to be a functioning store got some Ooh, you, 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 did you get tired there, Craig? Uh, oh, that, that was Craig. Uh, maybe Craig is as interested as I am in this. But uh, let me see here. Is there an issue? Automatically reconnected. Reconnected. Okay, Craig's going to have a little bit of a gap. It's all right there, buddy. It happens. But anyways, um, shit, what was I saying? Oh, the the store has undergone quite a bit of an evolution since it launched. And a couple of years ago, they got all of the features that they honestly should have launched with to be a fully functioning store. Things like wish lists, uh, functioning search bars, uh, shopping cart, um, et cetera, et cetera. And then they have developed some feature sets of their own in the way that they do featured games. And um, they put a lot of dev tools up front and center. Um, any game that has modding tools, they will usually promote those. Uh and encourage the developers to create separate downloads so that people can access those modding tools. I've noticed that for several games, which I think is interesting. Um, and then Epic has done a lot of extended sales stuff. So, you know, they will usually run their sales concurrently with Steam, um, you know, the summer sale, winter sale, etc. But then also they run a couple of extra sales every year. And Epic gives people coupons that if you got buy a game for Fourteen ninety nine or more. Like even if that game is already you know discounted or heavily discounted, you get an extra. Um, it, it's varied from from sale to sale. It's either like a flat like five dollars or twenty five percent. And sometimes they've done it where it's been whichever one is more you get, or sometimes it's just the percentage. But you know they they really are you know try to get people to buy stuff. Plus they give away tons of games. Uh, and I mean, plenty, you know, lots of them are, are you know, kind of shitty little games. But, you know, I mentioned this last week, like, I, I, I own Death Stranding 
because Epic gave it away last year, um, whenever it released on, on PC, like you could get it for, I think 24 hours. Um, let me pull up Epic here. And so I can see how many games I have on the Epic store. I've, I've only, I own a couple of games that I have purchased through them when they've done some of their much bigger coupon discounts, you know, things like getting a brand new game for, you know, like, like a 50 or $60 game for five or 10 bucks near launch. Cause it was on sale. But um, let's see, what are the games I've got that they have given away? They gave away Tyranny Gold Edition. Um, they gave away Rise of Industry. Uh, um, Payday 2, which Payday 2 has been given away a lot of times, but they gave away Payday 2, Death Stranding, Mord Howe, they gave that away. Warhammer 40k, uh, Gladius. Uh, uh, they gave away Duskers at one point. What else have they given away? Warhammer 40k Mechanicus. They gave away Kerbal Space Program at one point. The Dishonored series, Bioshock. They gave away the entire Bioshock collection. Um, they gave away Borderlands 3. Like, I own Borderlands 3. I don't know if I'll ever play it, but they gave it away. So, like, I just, you know, I picked up a copy. Honestly, I think Free is uh, paying too much for Borderlands 3 based on the review. Um, they gave away Vanishing of Ethan Carter. They gave away the Modern Tomb Raider collection. Um, so I have the Tomb Raider games. Um, like the the Tomb Raider re-releases. So, you know, the just Tomb Raider. Um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider and Rise of the Tomb Raider. They gave away the original Saints Row, Rebel Galaxy, Void Bastards, Ukulele. There's other stuff, too, that I'm skipping over. They gave away Alien Isolation. They gave away Control. Sunless Sea. Surviving Mars. Other stuff. Like, I mean, I'm skipping over a bunch of things that they've given away. I own 209 games on the Epic Store, and I've bought less than five. You know, maybe five tops. So, I don't know. I can't imagine oh right now they're giving away homeworld deserts of karak so i don't know i get i mean i don't clearly the store has picked up steam so it's <laughs> picked up steam their their method is working to bring people into their store they're i mean they're just doing the loss leader thing they have to be soaking up so much loss they have fortnite money they do have fortnite money we talked about this a year or two ago when there was some leaked data about how much money they were losing on the Epic Store. I remember we had a large, pretty large discussion about it, how that Fortnite will not last forever, and that money will go away, and they have to have something else. So, I don't know. I don't, I don't, like, I don't like any companies. I don't like any, I don't trust any companies. I don't think any companies are good. I don't think they're good guys for doing any of this stuff, but I'm going to get what I can while I can. One genuinely positive thing about the Epic Game Store, though, and the way that their downloads work, is Steam. I mean, you can get around it with Steam, but sometimes going and, like, modding files for, or, you know, doing, to do mods for Steam games, because Steam will put games in weird places in your system sometimes. That that can get a little old, whereas Epic is just like, ah, we got a folder called Epic. Which drive do you want to put it on? 
all your games go there. Just the big epic games folder. Just easy. It's easy to mod games from the. I have a problem with Steam putting uh, games in weird spots. It's the games that put their save files in weird spots. Well, that that too. I've never seen that happen with any game I've ever played from the Epic Store and, and needed to go work on or wanted to mod. It's just there's a, a big folder called Epic Games, and you go in it, and everything is there for every single game. It's a tiny thing. Like, I'm, you know, but one genuine thing that I kind of like about it. Anyways, that's, that's the Epic Store. I, w- I went on a little bit of a tangent from my experience with the Epic Store, but, you know, if you say you'll do an exclusive deal with them, they'll give you six months of 100% of your, your revenue. They won't take a cut. So that's uh, that's neat, I guess. So, uh, hey, Rage, uh, how do how do people send us stuff? How do they get in touch with yeah, us? Yeah, even though I was kind of cold about that one, we do appreciate uh, sending in stuff. And if you wish to send in stuff, you do so via podcast at gmail dot com. Good tweetist, uh, and we're still calling it tweets. VGL podcast on uh, the platform formerly known as Twitter. Still love that they have to preference all the emails with that, by the way. Yeah. Also, everyone still calls it tweeting. Yeah. I haven't seen or heard anyone, unless they're, like, taking the piss, you know, call mm-hmm. it anything other than tweeting. Or you, could, or you could drop by the Discord, which a link to that is over at vtlpodcast.podbean.com. Indeed. Uh, hey, Rage, why don't you uh, hit them with your socials? Well, I've been Caffeine Rage. I don't really tweet that much anymore because, all right? Yeah. But uh, you can contact me on there, uh, Game with CR, or you be my friend on Steam. I'm Caffeine Rage over there, and you've been? I'm Jared. You can find me over on Twitter, or the site formerly known as Twitter, at JMA4707, until the site shuts down. Elon is probably going to be in some more trouble because he was fighting the trump one of the trump indictments they were trying to they were trying to um or not trying to like the the federal government absolutely will get the records they want from twitter unless Uh, unless yeah deletes them which then he gets his own trouble right yep but he was he was fighting the subpoena that's the word i was looking for subpoena so you know at least until the the site formerly known as twitter finally dies its final death you can find me over there I'm trying to get on Blue Sky, but they still are doing the invite-only thing, and I'm on a waiting list. Um, otherwise, uh, you, you can find me on our Discord. You can come say hi, jarthur4707. Send up some smoke signals. You can be my friend directly on Steam. Um, you know, I guess if you got really frisky, you could find me. Might not want to do that. I, I don't know. Some of you, I'd be cool if you showed up at my house. I'm not falling for that one again. But uh, yeah, that's me. That's that's my stuff. Which means I get to scroll back to the top of things. Uh, hopefully we'll have more news next week because, right? Yeah. It uh, kind of worked out, though. We got a late start. Yeah. We're both tired. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, you can t- contact us, podcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game-related topics. You can tweet us, podcast. Or you, you can drop by the Discord, which I'll link to that, is over at vtlpodcast.podbean.com, as well as the show notes. And if you were to spread the love, you can find us on your podcatcher of choice. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this madness possible. You can find out more about that over at patreon.com slash vtlpodcast. 
Our intro and outro music is On the Crown by Ken McLeod. You can find his work over at Incompetech.com. And as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye-bye now. See ya. Bye-bye.